Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. It was another cracking day on game day on TalkSport today. Liverpool moved 16 points clear at the top of the Premier League with a 1-0 win at Tottenham to take full advantage of Leicester losing 2-1 at home to Southampton. Manchester United ended a run of three games without a win in all competitions as they thrashed Norwich 4-0 at Old Trafford. It finished 1-0 in the early game between Crystal Palace and Arsenal and of course there was plenty of controversy surrounding VAR once again. Here is the very best of your reaction to the day's football on your verdict with me, Laura Woods, and Darren Bent. And also the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Alvin Martin. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with Sam Matterface. The best start to a season that Europe has ever seen belongs to Liverpool Football Club. The coronation might be three months away, but they already look as if they are very comfortable in their new robes. Jurgen Klopp walked into Anfield saying he was the normal one. He has proved against the special one and every other one. There is nothing normal about him and nothing normal about this Liverpool team. They have come to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and they have won the game. Roberto Firmino has done the damage. Tottenham will look back at missed opportunities for Lo Celso and for Son, but they've lost the game ultimately. Tottenham nil, Liverpool won. Let's listen to Tony, the Liverpool fan now. He's called up. Tony, how you doing? Good evening, Laura. Evening, Good Darren. Evening. Hope you're well. Good evening. What did you make of that today? Yeah, as we expected, a tough game mm-hmm. against Mourinho. He would love to put a spoke in our wheel. Um, and to be honest, they had a good go with us, and uh, that's what we expected. But I think that's now 88 points out of the last 90 points available that Liverpool have won. And um, it's, I mean, the, the run is absolutely ridiculous. It really, even, even we admit that now. It, it's, it's outrageous, but it's nowhere near done. Nowhere near done. Where do you think, I mean, when you say it's nowhere near done, do you think that there are elements in this season where you can still slip up or games that you're a little bit more wary of? I just think it's a mentality. I think it's purely down to the manager. He, he is the star. You know, no ifs, buts or maybes. The star of Liverpool is Jürgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. Head and shoulders above every player. Um, and it's the mentality that he obviously imbues onto the players. And, you know, it's, we, they respect everyone we play. Um, absolutely, no one is taken um, or underestimated, shall we say, um, regardless of the competition. And I just think he's got that, dare I say it, that German mentality, and it's absolutely driven. And it, mm-hmm. you can see that right through the club, through the young players as well. Um, it, there's no magic wand. It's just it, this is all been building over three, four years now, and 
You know, you, just, you look at the record books. What, I mean, what this team could do this season might never ever be done again in, in the Premier League. Might yeah. never ever be done again. I mean, it, it's outrageous what they're doing now. And I think they've completely demoralised the opposition. Um, if Man City were to drop any points tomorrow, Liverpool still have a game in hand. I mean, if, if they, we obviously would then to go on and win the game in hand, then I think Man City and Leicester will be in uh, obviously desperate trouble. Mm. I think psychologically Liverpool are just so, so strong, Laura. Mm. I think that's it, Tony. Like, Darren, I remember when we were talking about the City team in the last couple of seasons before this one, and, and we, we just assumed that they would go on and dominate English mm. football for such a long time because Pep had this mentality about him and this way of keeping on winning. You just didn't think he could break it down. For me, when you compare him to Jurgen Klopp, that's probably the biggest compliment you can play Jurgen is that he's made Pep look human and I know that Pep has had to handle um, injuries and, and important injuries as well and you might ask the question of what would happen to Jurgen Klopp if he lost Virgil van Dijk but he has had significant mm. injuries he had Alisson at the beginning of the season he's had to flip-flop with a lot of his players in midfield as well um, but when I look at that team that, that, that Liverpool side Jurgen Klopp has managed to keep up this level of intensity and continually get better season on season since he joined that club he has and it's that German mentality as you said there that, that winner's mentality and even when that Lacelso today missed that chance he was going absolutely ballistic <laughs> at somebody about maybe not marking and giving up opportunities but listen what he's done you're right because when Manchester City and Pep got together and started playing this football everyone thought they were indestructible mm. that this team could go on and dominate English football for many years to come and I think he took that to heart I think Jurgen Klopp took that to heart and thought well I've got a good side here but it was about them showing it and I think the moment they obviously won the, the Champions League and the last couple of seasons they have looked you know, I mean, indestructible again. I mean, Virgil van Dijk has played a massive part. You cannot underestimate that because at times at the back, Liverpool looked ropey. Going forward was never really an issue. But defensively, they looked a bit ropey. The, the love room was making mistakes. They weren't mm. sure about Matip. Gomez was a little bit in and out. But since he's come there and set everyone down, as I said, they look like a different juggernaut. But you're right. The biggest star of that show is Jurgen Klopp. And, and I don't think he's done yet. I mean, obviously, I know he signed a new contract. And I can see Liverpool. But then again, we're going to say Liverpool are going to dominate <laughs> again next season. And then Manchester City or Chelsea, someone else will come. But as I said, right now, Liverpool are, are the best team mm. in this country. Got to go down to Jurgen Klopp. He's with Sam Atface. Thank you very much, Laura. I'm in the tunnel with Jurgen Klopp. Congratulations. Another victory. But what was your going through your brain when the two chances that Spurs missed towards the end of that game? Relief, probably. <laughs> Relief. Um, yeah, it was one really big one. Don't know exactly. Um, I didn't see it back, so how I missed it, but the cross on the second post and then um, on the far post and then there was a volley. Um, yeah, apart from that, Ali saved our lives two or three times, but that the game was still open was obviously in that moment was, still, was of course our fault. I think the last 15 minutes were a bit wild until then we controlled the game and we played really good football game. It's just it's intense in a different way because um, the, the, the opponent sets up really defensively. We still create chances, but each baller uses a massive counter-attack where you have to run like crazy. Um, and so I think before we won it up, we should have been already one it or 2 nil up. Um, that would have Change the game completely, mm. but with one nil, yeah, it's just a game, and um, you have to fight until the end, and that's what we did. Uh, coming through unscathed again—that's now six Premier League clean sheets in a row. How integral is that to your success? It's important, of course. It's important, but look, having a clean sheet because you defended perfectly is top. Not today. We didn't defend perfectly, so that's why we had to. That's why Ali had a couple of saves to match, and then um, and Tottenham had to miss a chance, a big one. So it's not clean sheet is not clean sheet, and we know that we don't lie to ourselves. So um, we, we we know that we can do better. But again, coming to Tottenham, and at the end, I think nobody doubts that we deserved these three points. So yes, they could have 
scored the equalizer, and that's how football is. But then, with all the other 75 minutes where we were completely in charge of the game, would be still lucky. And now we won it with a little bit of luck in the last 15 minutes. That's how it is. I can deal with that. Um, but the boys know. Um, where we can do better, what we can do better, and we will do better. <laughs> where you can do better, I mean, it's difficult to sort of digest that because no one has ever had this many points at this stage of the season, not just here, but in Europe's top five leagues. So I know it doesn't mean anything, and I know you're going to say to me, you haven't won anything yet, and that's right, yeah. but ultimately it does underscore the way you've transformed this team, doesn't it? I'm not sure. So it's um, I don't know exactly why never somebody had it, but the only thing I can say when the first people told me after the game, I didn't feel anything. It was not pride. It was not. I was not ecstatic or whatever. It was just, okay. So that's how it feels. So when you have it, what we have to do is to be as successful as possible for this football club. That's what we try, day in and day out. Sometimes we do better. Sometimes we are not so good. So far, these boys showed a sensational character. But the season is not over. It's not decided. We have a, a good position. Yes, that's true. And now just we have to continue. That's all, really. And when somebody tells me in 10 years that was the best start ever and will stay forever the best start, then I start thinking about it. Until then, I'm not interested. Let's go to John. He's a Liverpool fan. Welcome to the show, John. Oh, very good. Thank you very much. Oh, of course you are. It's brilliant to be a Liverpool fan at the moment, isn't it? Oh, it's great to be red. <laughs> what, what about today, though? Because genuinely, it wasn't your finest performance. You're a little bit shaky defensively. And if if the chances that Spurs had, if they'd have actually taken them and finished a little bit better, you might have been in a bit more trouble, would you think? Oh, yeah, yeah they, they could have. If they'd have took a couple of chances, they could have quite easily have took us today. Mm. But it's just, they dig in and with players like Jordan Henderson, just who doesn't get all the credit that he always deserves. Correct. You know, he just gets, he does the dirty stuff that people don't celebrate as much in football. You know, and I, I don't mean dirty in a bad way. No, I he know. just get, I know gets all the, the hard stuff done. And, and, I, and my main calling really was, with Harry Kane being out and everything, I think Jordan Henderson should be a shoo-in for England captain. Yeah, this do you summer. Think? Yeah, of course, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was harsh that he lost it in the first place, but you, you're right, is that... I mean, listen, he's, lift, he's, he's helped Liverpool lift the Champions League. Um, he's going to captain him, looks like, to win the Premier League. And listen, he, he is someone that you're right, does all, he, all the stuff that he does, works hard, puts tackles in. It's that unnoticed. I mean, listen, he's the only guy I've ever trained with and played with that got pulled out of training because their heart rate was too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I can believe yeah, it. He's yeah, the only player, it always honestly. looks like he's going to burst a blood vessel. <laughs> All the years I've, I've trained and played, like he was the only player where the manager had to pull him out of training because they were like, "Listen, your red zone stats are way too high. Like you're going to have a heart attack if you carry on." And he got pulled out of training. <laughs> well, John, well, I will ask you this question. Me and Darren were actually having this conversation off air earlier on about why he doesn't get as much credit um, than perhaps uh, Gerard did of his time, and, and we were saying, is it because it, it's not as an attractive position that he plays and or maybe that he's just playing in a team where there are so many world-class players around him and it was a little bit different when Gerard was there. Yeah, exactly that as well. He doesn't score the amount of goals Gerard scored either, but you can just see, you just watch him on the pitch every game and he's just geeing the players on so much. I've got a question for you, you John. Know. John. I've got a question for you, right? Go if, on. if Liverpool win the Premier League this season... Is 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 Jordan Henderson a more successful captain than Steven Gerrard? Uh, I've had this conversation this last couple of weeks, actually, and to be honest, you'd have to say yes. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And well, Steven paper, Gerrard yeah. is an absolute legend. Don't get me wrong. We, we you know, still worship the ground Stevie works on, uh, walks on. But if Jordan can be the first Liverpool captain to lift a league title. 
you know, since, well, 1990. You know, I was 13 when we last won the league. I've never enjoyed a pint as a league title, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, yeah, for all Stevie did, Stevie won the European Cup, won the FA Cup on his own against West Ham that day. Um, but if Jordan could do that this season, he'd be up there with Sooness mm. and wow. with Emily Hughes and with Steven Gerrard. But yeah, he'd be up there, definitely uh, definitely alongside him. Maybe, you know, because he's still got years to go as well. John, as a Liverpool fan, can I ask you, if it gets to the point in the season, which it probably will, where, they, where it's done and dusted, you've won the league and you've got games in hand and, and there's not much focus left on the Premier League, would you rather go on and try and do it unbeaten or would you start resting players in the Premier League and focus on the Champions League again? There's a, uh, there's affinity with our club and the Champions League and the Premier, uh, European Cup, so yeah, it'd be great to go the season unbeaten. Yeah, that would be amazing. But would you rather go the season unbeaten, or would you rather win the Premier League and the Champions League? You'd rather have both, wouldn't you? So yeah, yeah I, I would rather. Right, if if we could sew it up, um, you know, I'm still one of those. Me, I will not say. We are we are going to win it. I uh, I will not say it until we can. We have actually done it. So hopefully, come fourth of April, <laughs> we can. <laughs> Jose Mourinho is now with Sam at base in the tunnel. Sam. Yes, thank you very much. I'm delighted to say, Lauren, with uh, Jose Mourinho, who's in the tunnel with me, and we saw your reaction to the missed chances <laughs> uh, on the floor platoon style um, but tried to put into words what you were feeling uh, when those chances from Son and Lacelso were missed. No, the, the platoon style was to celebrate the goal because I, I saw the ball uh, in the net but then it ended with, uh, with frustration. That's, that's football. Uh, we deserve much more than what we than what we get. We got nothing and we deserve. Uh, I can only be happy with, uh, with the players, frustrated with a few things during the game, but that's, that's the way it is. But I think big match, big football match. So you were pretty satisfied with the performance. You said before the game you'd have to play differently because of the personnel issues that you've had. Overall, from what you saw, you were satisfied? I am satisfied. Uh, I know that the team couldn't play for 90 minutes the way we did in the last 30. We don't have uh, our physical condition adapted to that intensity, uh, Liverpool is. Uh, we know that if we let the game go on uh, high pressure and then defensive transitions, we, we knew that we would, uh, we would break. Uh, that's not uh, what this team is used to do and, uh, and this is what Liverpool does uh, for a few years already. So the plan was was correct. Uh, of course, the goal that we concede is a frustrating goal by two reasons. One, because we trained yesterday a defensive uh, through-ins and we concede a goal in a through-in. Uh, the second reason why it's frustrating is because it was a through-in for us, uh, because Mané was uh, the one that touched the ball. But um, that's it. You sprung a few team surprises with your selection today. What did you think of the overall com uh, contribution from Jaffet Tanganga. I think it was very good. I think he, he slid once and because of that he was not in control of one duel. A part of that he won the duels, he was very calm um, with the aggression that is part of him but controlled aggression, uh, not like Robertson that should, should get a, a red card. He was always very, very controlled.
And I'm you so thought that so challenge was a red card challenge, did you, from Andrew Robertson? Uh, since I play against Chelsea with 10 wits on, I have to think that uh, that challenge is, a, is not just a, a red card, it's a big, a big red card. Do you want to compare with Son? No, it's completely ah, different, isn't okay. it? Because it's, he is over the top of the ball and his studs are up. Oh. It was checked by VAR, though, yeah. and they said no. Yeah, the, the same way they said no with the, with Liverpool goal, but I don't control VAR, I, I work with my players. OK, well, you did have a couple of chances. It might have been different if you'd had Harry Kane. We won't dwell on that, but will you be asking Daniel Levy if you can have a striker in January? No. I think Daniel Levy today is, is proud of the players because of what the players did. He's proud of uh, one kid that came from the academy and uh, and showed the world that he is a new player for the for the Premier League uh, level. And Daniel Levy always tried to do the best for the club and he will do what he thinks is the best and what he thinks is possible. Let's go to Paul. He's a Spurs fan. Um, Paul, welcome to the show. Um, sorry about today. He didn't get the win, didn't get the three points in the end. What was the problem for you? Uh, to be honest, you know what, and I've heard a lot of us, a lot of our Spurs fans have been grumbling and complaining lately. But when I looked around, everyone had a, had a, was, was happy because we don't mind losing like that. Okay, at least we had some fire in our belly, yeah, course, we had some yeah. passion, and we had some fight. Um, we saw some great, great displays there. Tanganga today was, was for mm-hmm. me, was great. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, the team were pushing. Lucas Moura was on another planet today with his efforts and his, he, you know, um, and you know, Christian Eriksen aside. I'm happy with that. I'll, Ooh, I'll take Christian Eriksen aside. Day long. <laughs> Christian yeah, Eriksen aside. Let's aside. go there. <laughs> Christian Eriksen seemed like he didn't want anyone to come near him. Uh, he didn't want to push himself. He know he knows he's out. He knows he's going. He don't. And the fans are just fed up with him now. We're fed do up. We don't want to see him. We do don't want to see him anymore. Do you know, do you know what I think? And I, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying there. But I think for Mourinho, and if that's the case, and listen, we, it all seems clear to all of us, you Spurs fans as well, that he obviously wants to leave. What? Yeah. I'd, I'd leave him out. Because I'd what, leave him out. I'd, I'd leave him out because you know if Magic that's get, what Poch did, and he got criticised. But it. I, I think now, but obviously, but Ericsson's body language is not somebody that's happy and that wants to be there. He obviously wants to leave. So I, I don't think if you're going to keep playing him and playing him and playing him, and he's not, he's not putting effort in. I think you need to I, you need to put him out. I totally totally agree, and, and all the fans around me were saying the same thing. We've just had enough of him now. You know, uh, when Poch left him out, it was a while ago. You know, and, and he had the chance to, to say maybe he wanted to stay or put his efforts in. His efforts are just switched off. He doesn't want to commit to any de- any decent challenges now. He, he he doesn't bother putting himself in space. If the ball comes to him, he'll play it. But he, he's, his body language is completely gone. And we don't want to see it. We'd rather see someone else in there. When Lamella come on, everyone was happy. You know, we'd, we'd rather see him, him pushing. But, you know, uh, the, the thing that's frustrating for us is we'll have a fantastic you know, performance like that. And, OK, we lost. But then the way we lost to Chelsea was a complete... A uh, completely different kettle of fish. You know, yeah. we were we were poor. Our heads were down, and it just um, doesn't seem to be you know any kind of you know con- any kind of pattern at the moment. Yeah, it just no up and down, up and down. Or no, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no consistency. But if we play like that, you know, and if we carry on playing, then you know, loss or not, I'll have no complaints. So come on, you Spurs. <laughs> just a quick one. Stuart Pearce in commentary said this about the Spurs players. He said that he thought they never really believed that they can beat Liverpool. As a Spurs fan, did you believe before the game that you could actually beat Liverpool? I always believe. I must be honest, I'm here yeah. with my dad and my dad was the one that was shouting that Tottenham were going to win a bit louder. Um, <laughs> I was a bit more on the fence. But yeah, I think we always think we can believe on our day. Mm. We can always we can beat anyone. And certainly the players didn't go out there with the attitude of uh, defending today. They went out there with their tails up with the attitude to win. Got that's unlucky. all we need to see. Got unlucky actually in a few occasions, Paul. There were a number of chances where you could have, you had a few shots and it wasn't necessarily that... I didn't think Liverpool's defence was that good today. And we've spoken about the fact they gave the ball away a number of times and, and you had the chances. It was just the finishing, uh, the way that you missed 
Harry yeah. Kane a little bit today. Those we, are the you you hit the nail on the head there. We missed Harry Kane today. Mm. At least two of those shots would have been Harry Kane goals all day long. Yeah. You know? But you... he's injured, he's out. You can't, you, you can't lament on what would be, you know, um, the performance was there. It's something to build on. Let's just hope that we see do, more, more of the same. Do you think you need to replace him? I don't think we need to replace him. I think we certainly need some more backup for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Depends, I suppose, where you want to finish this season. I, I think you've got to go in and get someone. I don't understand why everybody... Paul, thank you very much for your call. You've got to go. But I don't understand why, why, why Spurs can't get a player to back him up when you've got other teams. I was listening to Dean Ashton earlier on. He made a really good point about City. You've got Aguero and you've got Jesus. Why is it that, that Spurs can't get a backup striker for Harry Kane because they're worried about him sitting on the bench when other teams manage to do it and rotate? Well, Man City's situation is different because they got they got Jesus um, earlier on. He's been there a little while now, so he's kind of sat there, bided his time, and, and you know, I mean, he's, he's now he looks like he's going to be their main man as Aguero's getting older. But if you if you look at around, maybe they have to go younger because no top class centre forward is going to want to come and go, well, Harry Kane, we know he's the number one, so I'm not really going to play backup. But then that, you need to find somebody who believes in themselves and think, well, I don't care if I go there now, I can keep him out of the team. Yeah, why not? They've got, they're in enough competitions. They've got enough squad rotation where you would get a game if you were a backup striker to Harry Kane. And look what happens the minute he gets injured. You could have been starting until April. Well, you think about it, though. Harry Kane, when he's fit, he plays in every single game. And even there's even time, and I'm sure that's what's led to the injury because he's been overworked. Because there's times where they're four or five up, and they, whether that's for England or Spurs, and they just go, well, no, just play the whole game. But do they just play him every time because they don't have someone good enough to back him up? Well, no, if you're four nil up, you can just go without a striker and just play like they did today Lucas Moore and Son, wide two strikers mm. up the pitch. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. I've been here at Old Trafford where Man United won 4-0. Jarleth is a Manchester United fan who's with us on the show. I think you were at the game today, weren't you? I was indeed, Adrian. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, really good. I mean, a couple of people... Let me tell you a little bit about the build-up to this game, Jolliffe, because a couple of people said to me, it wouldn't be a great shock if Norwich won, and I was thinking, yeah, it would be a major shock. United are fifth, Norwich are bottom, haven't got their top scorer, one win in 16. United buried them today, didn't they? They did indeed, and you said at the top of the show there about Mason Greenwood's finish, which was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I mean, there was a bit of a nervy energy... Uh, around Old Trafford, I thought, about half an hour into the game before Rashford um, obviously scored his first goal. Um, but I thought we played really, really well. And I've not come away from Old Trafford thinking uh, that we played well for, for a good while. And, I mean, I was in that camp of, well, I don't know if we might drop points again today because we haven't really been playing well at home. Probably Tuesday's performance probably still hanging over me. But, um, Ezra, I just want to talk about VAR, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah, go for um, it. Because, because you, you, Frank Lampard mentioned it there, obviously Paul mentioned it as well, the Leicester fan earlier. I think what we need to do is redefine what the words clear and obvious are. <laughs> the FA into, into, into the IFAB, etc., etc. Because 
the reason why people talk about rugby and cricket, why I think it works, video refereeing, is because if it's not clear and obvious, they don't overturn it. Offsides aren't meant for the arm, you know, for, for a potential like chest or something like that, or, you know, or, or, an, or an arm trying to tell people to play the ball through, or, you know, it's heel or something like that. That's not what people will go and moan about. What people will moan about is if he's four yards offside like Dropper was a decade ago, and complete, people completely missed it and cost us the league title against Chelsea. That's what people are moaning about. And I think that that's what the FA and everybody else needs to get their head round, because we seem to be the only country in the world that's implemented VAR that doesn't allow the referees to go and look at the monitor. But in reality, the Champions League, they do exactly that. And that's why it worked a bit in the World Cup and worked a bit in the Champions League. I find it astonishing how, you, like you said before, how we're still trialling this system and we don't know what the hell to do with it. It's embarrassing. Chalice, 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 look, VAR is some, something that works absolutely perfectly in cricket. For one reason, one reason alone, it's suited to cricket. It's suited to the lines being drawn. If a ball's going to hit the stumps, if it isn't going to hit the stumps, it's all clear and obvious. The difference that we've got with football is football is a matter of opinion and interpretation of a lot more rules. And at the moment, at this moment in time, the interpretation of the rules, who actually interprets the rules. Aidy, you, you, you tell me, who interprets the way our game is governed on the pitch? I, I, just, I just want to say really quickly, that another thing, the reason why it works in cricket as well, yeah. is because whenever there's an umpire's call, they stay with the on-field decision. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If it's not clear and obvious, therefore then it will then not get overturned. That's again what I'm saying with VAR in football. Take a listen to this. Uh, this is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. asked about some of the uh, uh, anti-glazer chants that were around Old Trafford today during the 4-0 win over Norwich City. This was from the press conference from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after the game. I'm not sure if the players will think it will get it, but I, I noticed, yeah. And, you know, we've as a club, we've got to stick together. We've got to be united. Uh, we are a family. I, I can only say from when I've been here, I've been backed by uh, the owners, backed by uh, Ed, and they're supporting me. And so for me, uh, make sure we stick together. We are in all competitions. We are uh, still in Carabao Cup, FA Cup. We're fifth in the league. We're still challenging. We've improved uh, position from, from last season. We've got Europa League. Uh, so they've just got to believe me when I say I feel we're doing loads of good things behind the scenes we are going in the right direction see the group today that attitude and effort and work rate that's the core of the group that's going to go forward do Don McGuinness is uh, with us he's our Manchester man you know the patch extremely well you know uh, United uh, very well as well, Dom. Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just protecting the Glazers? It's the same sort of thing that Fergie used to say about him, isn't it? What can he say? <laughs> he's the manager of Manchester United. You know, he's uh, been appointed in that role. He's hardly going to turn around and say, yeah, I heard them and I'm with the fans 100%. That's not going to happen. Of course he's going to back the Glazers. Of course he's going to back Ed Woodward, who he talks to every day, he said in previous press conferences. You know, they've got a very close working relationship. I was going to say, there's a lot of detail with it. It's not just, you know, I'm in favour of the Glazers and leaving it at that, which he could do. Mm. He's given some detail with it as well. Well, what he's done, he could have actually said, well, I was concentrating on the game and I didn't hear the chance, yeah. which is the standard thing that he could have said. But he didn't do that. He did say that the players won't be affected by the chance. They're, they're cracking on. And, you know, there's, there's only a few, basically. And, uh, you know, I think after about 10 minutes after the restart in the second half. Um, but the, the fact that he, he fronted up and said, yeah, I heard them. I'm aware of that. But all I can say is from my experience, which is just as you say, what Sir Alex used to say, you know, positive from my point of view. They're backing me 100%. They're supporting me. And as a club, 
we've all got to stick together or it's not going to happen. Now, obviously, fans will say, well, <laughs> they're not going to have that. They, they've got their own opinions about the owners and they've got their own opinions about Ed Woodward. But Ollie's sticking up for the people that are backing him, and of course he is. He is. So does that mean, and, and he said there's a bit in the Manchester Evening News today where Ollie said it's in, in the press conference pre-game where he says, uh, I have conversations with Ed Woodward all the time. Uh, we're looking at how we're going to look in one month's time, five months' time, in the longer period. He knows my feelings. We know our feelings. I'm very happy with these players. That last line must worry United fans. We heard from a United fan earlier on the show, Dom, saying uh, bring a couple of players in in this January transfer window and actually yeah, it might not end up being that bad a season. If he says at the end, I'm very happy with these players, is that a little sign that no business is going to be done? No, I, I don't believe that. And I think that, you know, things are being done behind the scenes, which is one of the points that Solskjaer made in the press conference. That's what he wants to reassure supporters, that if they knew everything that was going on behind the scenes, then, you know, maybe they'd be a little bit different about the situation here. I think that obviously, you know, he was asked about Fernandez and a scouting mission, and he wouldn't confirm that. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't kill it either in terms of, of course, they're looking at players. He said it before. You know, if they can get bodies in this transfer window, they will do that. That. and he knows that you know they do need bodies having said that you know when, he, when he's talking about the players that he's happy with of course he's happy with Williams brilliant today I asked him about the miss that was probably a little bit off colour for me to ask about the miss when he's had a great game. And but he gave you a chance up. to say he played well, which he did. Well, of course, and the fact is, it's really, and Solskjaer, the striker, you know, he's got to look at that and think, oh my gosh, but the, the thing, he's looking at Williams, great, and he was he waxed lyrical about Williams in the press conference. Mata had a great game today, who's one of the old heads, who maybe, you know, still has a future here. That's Terrific that's interesting. For the goal, yeah, and goal. he had a good game overall, I think. I mean, he assisted two goals today. And then you're looking at Rashford, of course, everyone's going to, he's going to be the headline maker, 200 appearance, two goals, could have had a hat-trick if he stayed on. Martial scored again. So there are players that he's going to be really happy with. Maguire played today, probably playing through the pain a bit. So there's a core of players that he's probably talking about there. He's still got to get rid of lots of players, no doubt about it. Asked about Ashley Young. Why is he not on the squad today? Club captain. Uh, you know, and again, it's not, it's not the biggest surprise in the world that he's not in the squad because, you know, he hasn't played uh, all the games or anything like that. And he said he's not fit. So uh, there's going to be a clear out of players as well. And he is going to talk to Woodward. If they can add bodies, definitely. Players may well leave he doesn't expect too many ins and outs in this window but he can't be fully happy with the squad regardless of those words he needs to add players no doubt about it we've seen today that the impact experienced players have had on the kids matter and even Matic to a certain extent as well experience heads are needed um, let's bring in Alvin Martin on this because I, I've got this little feeling that uh, it, it's not that bad a season for Man United we're going to hear from a, a fan very shortly but Alvin Dom just mentioned him there Marcus Rashford and I do want to focus on him because in the midst of a lot of criticism of United and the odd bad performance here and there and everybody goes to town on them this guy is 22 200 appearances already for Manchester United He's had another terrific game today. He's having a wow of a season, Alvin. You know, I don't think enough is being said about how good Marcus Rashford has been this season. I agree with everything you said there, Adrian. I think, look, there's, a, there's been a lack of consistency, I suppose, to Man United, but not to Rashford. You know, what is he on 14 goals now? And if he carries on, there's a good chance he might get up to, what, 25, between 25 and 30. You know, that's a, a fantastic return. And, and, look, he is talented. What I like about him is, that, as Dom said early on, he can not just score goals he can go past people as if they're not there and I think you know he's, he's he is somebody that is getting better and better the, the more I see him I can't I can't figure out where I stand at the moment on um, on Man United because it's a very difficult time uh, you know a very difficult job obviously we know the Man United job is difficult but some of the big names that have taken it over the, what, the last seven or eight years uh, and, and, and haven't been able to pull it off but he's going through a, a transitional period 
If they hadn't won today, you know, I think prior to today, Adrian, I think it's the lowest points tally they've had for about 30 years. But I know it's a difficult time. What I was going to ask Dom, and, and, and I'd ask you, is considering how difficult it is, this job, and, and what a, a, um, a very tenuous time it is in terms of, of the season and results, he seems to be handling it really well, Oli, Oli, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and, and he seems to have a, a fortitude about him uh, and also an ability to be able to manage the young players at the same time, big name players in the squad as well. So I'm encouraged by by Oli. Whether or not you know the results between now and the end of the season are going to be good enough to take them forward, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's interesting, Alvin, because if you ask the players about Solskjaer, now the old pros that played with him all talk about the steel that he had. It wasn't all the baby-faced assassin, smiley kid and all that nonsense. He, you know, he, he's a tough operator. And I, I sat down with Ashley Young recently and asked him about it, and, and he said it was like Sir Alex walking back in the changing room. And I said, well, you know, kind of really? Can he really command that amount of respect amongst all these seasoned pros? You know, forget the kids, but the seasoned pros. And he, and he, he was absolutely adamant, you know, that, that this is a guy that does have a lot of steel around him. I've spoken to Norwegian journalists that dealt with him in Mulder, and again, that comes across that, you know, he, he's not always Mr. Nice Guy. You know, and he's quite happy to have a go at, uh, and a dig at the, at the press. Certainly, he's done that in Norway, and he, he stands his ground in press conferences. The, the smile's never far away, but you know, the, you you wouldn't really want to prod him too much. And and I think that you know also. What's, what's so key for this United side now? Today, they've beaten Norwich 4-0, and this is what Solskjaer will be so concerned with. This season's been one step forward, two steps back, it seems, all the way through. One brilliant result and then a couple of dodgy ones. They've got Wolves in the Cup in the week. Now, that is the only realistic option for silverware, really. You could say the Europa Cup as well, but there's a long way to go in that, as is there is in the, the FA Cup. But Solskjaer will be determined to get further in that. Then it's Liverpool at the weekend. Now, it's how they respond to 4-0 against Norwich. Do they take that on in the Wolves game and, and not have another stuttering performance? I don't think Norwich were great today, let's face it. But the, it, it's a massive week again and it, it, in what has been a really interesting season for, for good and bad things for Solskjaer. But, you know, the kids have been his saviour. He's back them, and that, that, that's what we saw today. Uh, Dom, listen, thank you very much. Let's bring in Alan, who's a, a Manchester United fan and was at the game here at Old Trafford today. Alan, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Uh, what do you want to yeah, say? I, I'll tell you, I think we're right about with it. Um, it, 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 it. That's a great point that somebody just mentioned. I I sit in the Stretford end and I've not heard the Glazer chant for a long time. The, the guys simply were saying today we walked out. We've not heard that for a while, and we didn't really know where that came from. It wasn't justified. It wasn't justified in that in 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 that game. The thing for me is watching United. It's like a box of chocolates. You don't know what's going to turn up. Under Van Gaal, he could pass anybody off the park. It'd be boring. It's going, it's going the second half. Mourinho, you knew that he had a way of winning games. With Solskjaer, I love it a bit. I just don't know what's turning up. We beat City away. We, we beat Tottenham. And then we lose against Watford. I, you know, I just don't get where they're going. Now, on Tuesday, I was watching Guardiola. They were 3-0 up. He's still screaming at the players to do better. And I was looking at him thinking, I want him. I want one of them. I want a clock. I want I want a Rogers. You know, we, we, we break transfer transfer record. We play the best wages. Why can't we have somebody like that that's gonna get us to where we want to be? I don't well, didn't didn't you have that with Mourinho though? Uh, it, we, we, I think Mourinho's a manager ten years ago. I do I do ten years ago. No, I, I just think he's 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 living on his name. I was never that over the moon about his appointment. 
grab Pochettino now before somebody else gets him. He's the, he's the one that's going to get the best. Look what he did at Tottenham with half the money. You know, let's grab him now. I'm sure, I'm convinced there's a game plan in United somewhere. Solskjaer is not going to get United where they need to be. Even in five years, we're still going to be treading water. We're still going to be in, the, in this particular situation. Because I was watching a thing there. Why would he Does he know where the net is? Why does he have a why does he shoot? I mean, he can tackle anybody. He just can't pass the ball. Let me let me let me let me give you another angle on this, Alan, because I'm really intrigued by this. I, I remain utterly shocked that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager of Manchester United, but only because of his CV. Okay, and I'm looking at the job he's doing now, and I'm thinking, well, it's not actually that bad. And there's so many positives you can draw from it. Greenwood's goal today, he's getting a chance in, in the first team, and he's making an impact in the first team. The form of Rashford, the Jose Mourinho just almost refused to get out of Marcus Rashford. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is getting this wonder form out of Marcus Rashford. That is a joy to see so for me the, and, and he's now turning Fred into a player I thought he had another terrific game today so I mean I understand what you're saying but are you just going by the name or are you are you actually thinking that he really isn't that good well please, I'll ask you this if he lost his job tomorrow right who won him who picked him up Manchester United here Manchester United one of the best teams in the world right Mourinho uh, Rodgers Clark Guardiola, Pochettino, there's somebody put their hand up for them. There'll be somebody putting their hand up for them straight away. Who'd want it? I love it to be great guy. And sometimes, I've been on your show before, and had a go, and I feel like walking up to him when he comes out, and so look, I apologise, mate, because I think you're a fantastic player. <laughs> He's just not the manager of Man United. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Ball into the area, and Kevin Friend brings the 90 minutes plus to a close, and finally, Chelsea have got the home hoodoo sorted for the time being at least after three defeats in four here they comfortably romp to a 3-0 win against Burnley set on their way by Jorginho's penalty just shy of the half hour seven minutes from half time Tammy Abraham nodded them 2-0 up and then Callum Hudson-Odoi early in the second half sliding in at the far post from a neat cross from the left from Espilicueta set the seal on matters Burnley had one or two moments in the first half and a goal ruled out offside by the video assistant referee but Chelsea were not really trouble for long spells of this game and so Frank Lampard's men will be happy having got the home hoodoo out of the way full-time score here at Stamford Bridge as the Chelsea and Burnley players shake hands it is Chelsea 3 Burnley nil. well let's go straight to Stamford Bridge Ian Abrahams Frank Lampard's will be Frank at least you can smile at me now. After that's <laughs> been a while. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. Three nil. Um, and to be fair, it could have been six or seven. Yeah, that's the only thing. And that's been the story of our home form. People were asking about why we're not winning games. It's because of chance conversion in recent games, and uh, particularly trying to get a goal and get yourself in front and the confidence that brings everybody. But some of the football throughout the game today was what we're working towards, and we have to sustain that. That's just pure work. We've worked hard this week on the training ground. We don't always get that chance because of the competitions that we're in, but that was a reflection of how the lads have worked all week. It's a great lesson for them of, uh, of what sort of performance that can bring when you work hard and really focus on the important things in our game. You got the penalty, which was a penalty. It was a ridiculous challenge really on Willian, and then Tammy got the second goal. Second half, I mean, good to see Callum get his first Premier League goal, but Tammy should have had a hat-trick today, shouldn't he? Yeah, and there, there's a lesson for him because that's what we need. We need um, 
players to be clinical in front forward areas. And he, to be fair, we know that he has been a big thing for us this season in terms of that. But that's the, obviously the next stage for Tammy. But it was getting in there. The football in the build-up to a couple of those chances was fantastic stuff. So that's a big disappointment. You want to see those back again with the finish on the end. But, uh, you know, we, we have to push the Callum story today is a great one because him scoring in the six-yard box is better than him scoring from 35 yards out in my opinion we need to get him in there wingers need to get into the box we've worked on it a lot we've worked on crosses a lot but we're not finishing enough of them and we scored two today so that makes me happy back to back goals for him last week against Forrest today will give him a lot of confidence going forward yeah yeah and he needs to balance out confidence and uh, with realisation. Confidence is great because that's what you want and I'm really pleased with him and I'll always build that but the realisation is those performances come from work. They come from wanting to listen to the coaches, wanting to run into the box, wanting to get in the right positions, constantly moving, to build to the penalty to the uh, penalty or was it the second goal? Callum wins it, the penalty, I think he wins it deep in our half because he's in the right position and he wants to win the ball back for us. Those small details are huge for him. I'll stop linking you with Zaha and Sancho then. Uh, no need to comment on that. Finally, VAR. We didn't have too much VAR today, a little bit, but it's been a talking point over the weekend and after what Declan Rice said yesterday. I mean, how much of a, how much is it getting in the way of the game? I'm a bit frustrated with it too, to, to say the least, because some days more, more and some days less. But um, it, it doesn't feel right. It's the passion of the game that, that, that worries me. Um, and then you have the balance of the fact that he's getting some decisions right that were so important, some offsides that wouldn't have been seen that are, you know, decisions that he gets right I'm still not completely against it I get Declan I get his emotion after the game I agree with him on last night's one um, we have to keep looking at it and see can we improve it but at the minute it's not feeling right OK let's speak Chelsea now Ian's been waiting on the phone hello Ian welcome to the show hi Laura hello happy new year to you happy new year you sound like you've got a sore throat like yeah, me yeah sound like you've got a bit of a cold <laughs> and all yeah so, uh, I am uh, bumbling my way through this show yeah. but we're getting it <laughs> yeah, so much of it what, what did you think of your team's performance today I think uh, I phoned you up earlier in the season and I was predicting big things for Tammy, even compared him. I was saying he was the um, old school Chelsea and he was the best youngster I've seen as a goal scorer to come through the Chelsea set up mm. since Jimmy Greaves. And the goal he got at Arsenal the other week when he spun and hit it and he put it through Lino's legs, that was just sheer mm. Greaves. I think he's really. Every week he seems to be getting stronger, leading the line, and I think he's almost a certainty to get in the England squad. I think the only real... Obviously, Rashford's going to get in and Harry Kane, but I think in the other pack that's around him, the only real threat I can see is Greenwood because he's like Tammy in that he's a great goal scorer of chances, like a singular player like Greaves, like Solskjaer was. Even there was Clive Allen, he was briefly at Chelsea, but they're from that school of just finishing, Mm -hmm. which Tammy is is really deadly. So he's, I know, um, I work with a member of his family and I know for a fact that a great friend of Tammy's is Sancho because they came up together in the England squads. Mm And there's rumours that Chelsea are trying to get Sancho, but he would, would be would another good that, partner. Yeah, is that a signing that you'd encourage, that you'd like to see happen? Well, the only thing, I think Chelsea are quite strong on the wings in that they've got Hudson Adobe, the American kid's brilliant, um, still got William there. So I'm, I'm not saying Sancho isn't, but I'm, I'm not sure what position they'd play him in, whether or not they'd play him wide or whether or not they'd play him through the middle. But... Um, it's very interesting. I know Lampard is a great one for wing players and that that so um mm. you know, the more the better. But um 
I think they need something in midfield, just a little bit more creativity, just maybe to put the ball through for Tammy. Um, but there's lots of options there, really. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Leicester 1, Southampton 2 is the game Alvin has been at this afternoon. It was VAR dominated, but a win for Southampton, another one. They're in terrific form. Let's hear from the Saints manager, Ralph Husson, who's with Talk Sports, Jeff Peters. What does it say about the character of your team, not only to come back from that heavy defeat against Leicester in October, but to come from behind here today against a team second in the table? Yeah, I think it's... a. Uh... Uh, we wanted to give the answer that we are further in our development, that we play better football now. And uh, even after the first goal, I didn't have the feeling that we don't uh, think that we can get something here. And in the halftime, we spoke about our potential in our game today, that we have so many qualities now and, and uh, still have every chance to win this game. And I think the guys did an absolutely fantastic job in the second half. Lots of highs and lows with the VARs. You thought that you got a penalty in the second half and that was taken off you and then you thought you'd conceded an equaliser right at the death and then it, that was chalked off. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's so tight and you cannot see it. And the, the, the linesman cannot see it, so we must have the VAR. And this is a fantastic tool to, to make the games fair. And, and in, the, in the end, it was one time, uh, yeah, not good for us. But in the end, it was good for us. When you look at the table, do you keep a close eye on the teams that are beneath you or are you looking at the teams above you and going well this is where we can get to i think we we do good if you if we more focus on the on the games that are coming up there are so many teams that beat us in the in the first half of the season they're coming up now and uh, we have the chance to to do it better and this was the first time today again and this this is the only target we have Ralph Hasenhutl uh, describing VAR as a fantastic tool. <laughs> I'm not sure that everybody uh, in football agrees with that, but I, I like the fact we're balancing it out. Frank Lampard's interview on VAR was, was magnificent from the moose, and, and Ralph Hasenhutl obviously happy. And, uh, listen, if, for those that don't know, VAR, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Alvin, ruled out three Leicester goals today, is that right? Yeah, and do you know what? Everyone that was used was... For offsides, so so for offsides, Adrian, I think it, it's it's accurate, it's working. It's for the other things, for the red cards, for the handballs, whether there's intent on, on on a foul or a handball, that's where it where it lacks for me, and that's where the. Uh, but at what cost, Adrian? This game here today, the, the right decisions were being made. They may have been the right decisions anyway. Without VAR, I don't know. I think the uh, the success rate for for referees before VAR come in. Don't forget, was pretty high. We're not talking about them getting 50% of them wrong and 50% of them right. The, the percentages were way up there. VAR is going to improve it fractionally, but what cost is it? You know, it's it, to a certain degree, it's it's ruined the game today. We've got the right the, the right results, but I think it's taken away from the spectacle and the spontaneity of the game and the emotion of the game. It's 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 it is a real danger to us. Let's go to a Leicester fan. Paul is with us on the show. What do you want to say, Paul? Uh, good evening. I completely agree with Alvin there on, on the VAR. I mean, it, it didn't get anything wrong, that's for sure, but it just ruins the game so much. It really does. You don't know when to cheer, when not to cheer. Um, but, you know, today, um, Southampton totally deserved it. Worst performance of the season from Leicester. Um, Danny Ings was absolutely outstanding. If he's not called up for England, then something's wrong. I mean, he was literally uh, such a figurehead for their team today. And they wanted it more today, which is a little bit disappointing for us. Um, it wasn't great from Leicester in midweek, was it? And, and followed that up. Have, have Leicester run out of legs a little bit, possibly? Yeah, I think they probably have. There's been a lot of changes. We've had to change the team a lot. Um, Brendan's changed the team a lot to try and keep legs fresh. But 
we so much missed uh, Wilson Diddy today. Um, I think actually Southampton had more possession than us, uh, which is the first time for a long time that's happened. And, you know, we didn't have an all breaking up the midfield, but, but credit to them, you know, that they're not in relegation trouble anymore, that's for sure. Brendan, can you take many positives out of today? No, I don't think we honestly deserved anything from it, you know, on both aspects of our game. Uh, well, we've been very good this season, both defending and attacking. We just weren't quite at our best. So, uh, so congratulations to Southampton. It looked like it was going to be a draw, probably up until late on, and then they, they get the goal, and we just couldn't find a way through. Danny Ings was certainly knocking at the door. They they had lots of chances in the game. You've been obviously very good at, at home this season. What in particular frustrated you with with Leicester's performance today? I think the the overall game. We, we, we base and, and pride our game on our defending and, and how we defend and the aggression and, and we just couldn't uh, we didn't for some reason we didn't have that energy in our in our press today so uh, lots of duels in the game that uh, we didn't quite win and of course whenever you're Southampton you have that clear week and you have that energy in the team then of course there can be a threat if you don't press it well and together then uh, then of course they've got good players that can uh, play through and I think the form has has shown that so uh, so yeah, so that you know gave away too many opportunities than, than what we, we've seen with this team, especially at home. Um, and then alongside that, we we didn't attack the game well. We we, we couldn't find the fluency, and uh, and obviously we made too many mistakes with the ball. You know, their two goals come from mistakes from from us, and uh, and then like I say, it, it then become a difficult afternoon for you. Lots of stopping and starting with VAR. That was a very busy one today. Yeah, I thought it was a broken game. Like I said, both teams looking to press. So there was lots of first, second, third balls in the game. And like you say, the, the two VAR decisions. But two two correct decisions. Obviously a high right at the end thinking that you'd that you'd equalise. Mm. But you've had the, the opposite this season, haven't you? Where you thought a goal was chalked off and, and then it was given to you. So I suppose it... it Swings and roundabouts, is that how you view it? Well, that's right. It's, again, yeah, and I don't get emotionally too caught up with it. I think if it was um, David last night in the game, you know, that's one that's, uh, that really hurts. But um, but like I say, I've, I've always said I you know they're, they're there. It needs improvements, of course. But uh, but I thought the, the, the two decisions were, were good for the penalty for them and for, uh, and, and for us. I think it's six games in the space of about three weeks for you how difficult is it going to manage this period well I think thankfully we have you know we've come off a December and a, a January schedule uh, early January schedule where there's been a lot of effort and a lot of uh, physicality going into it so thankfully now we're going to have a few days just to emotionally and physically recover because the players have put in so much they've been absolutely brilliant up until this point and uh, so we need to go and recover now uh, and then have a good training week leading into uh, leading into next weekend. So uh, and then, like I say, we uh, we have to go again. Game day, the biggest football league in the world. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 